Hello and welcome to the party, pal. Best of fives. <laughs> are you laughing because you are agreeing of how awesome that was, or are you laughing because it's a it's a pile of shit? No. Yeah. I, yes. I like- <laughs> yes. Yes. On both accounts. I like it. You like it. And if you're spending your Christmas Eve listening to this podcast, God bless us, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Then you have no no family or no one who loves you. I think instead of God bless us, everyone, it'd be like, God damn you, lonely one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. We got four people on tonight for the best of five moments of the greatest action holiday Christmas Bruce Willis movie in the history. <laughs> That's very specific. When you were saying action holiday movie, I was like going to uh, challenge you on whether or not like you think this is better than Lethal Weapon, but you added Bruce Willis. That's right. That's why I did it, because I, I can't pick and choose. It's, it's like picking my... They're both great. My, my favorite child, which is Caitlin. But I can't say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Luke doesn't hear this. So, so what you're saying is this movie is a better movie than... Jingle all the way. Yes, Tim. There's no cookies involved in this movie. <laughs> cookies are being put down. What's that one? <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Remember, put the cookie down. I don't think put you saw the that. I never saw that. Turbo Man. You see, he what? He's never seen it. You never saw that, no. buddy? I don't think so. Slap it. Slap him. Is that the movie that Tim loves? Yes. Well, I mean, Tim me and I and bought countless billions of others. The action figure of Turbo Man. I actually have the Turbo Man in my window. Do you have uh, it still? Somewhere in the other room, yeah. But we're not here to talk this, about Turbo Man, okay? Uh, I was going to say, this is par for the course. I mean, this is a diehard podcast so far. Talk mostly about Jingle All the Way. Jingle Turbo the Man. Way. Well, I want to ask, and mostly Dave, I want to ask the three of you, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Dave, go. You want me to go first? Yes, please. Yeah, I don't know why people still argue about this. It doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks. It matters what you think. If I think it is, and I'm going to watch it again. We just Chris and Luke and I just saw this on the big screen. That's why we're doing this. That's right, Dave. You just reminded me. <laughs> this, this is my idea. We know what's your idea. Calm down. Sit down. And Luke had this idea on the way home, so much so that you called me from the car. I did. I did. And you were also in the car with him. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Dave. I'm calling you. Beep, bop, boop, bop, bop. Dave. Uh, I was not in the car, but that would have been funny. <laughs> I mean, we had just left the theater and I was driving and I see it's Chris. Uh, it's Chris calling. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I just saw you. <laughs> <laughs> but I answered and Luke had this great idea. So thank you, Luke. You're welcome. Okay. Um, but I'm going to watch it again. And it was great on the big screen because it was loud. Remember the first thing Chris and I were texting all day. Yeah. And the the thing that we both said back and forth over and over to each other was, it better be fucking loud. Yes. It better and it be was. loud fucking. <laughs> well, well I, think, I think Dave then texted, I want my ears to bleed. <laughs> and then I yeah. texted, I wanted my dick to bleed. I don't know what when, that meant. When is again. the last time... You guys have seen this in the theater, or is this the first time you've ever seen it in a movie theater? Have I you seen it before, seen it. Chris? I must have seen it back then. I just forget. I think a couple of years ago they were showing it in theaters. Were they? Yeah, we, we went to visit Canada College, 
and they were showing Die Hard somewhere. And we saw that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Luke is my is my memory. Luke, thank you for remembering for your father because he can't remember anything. No. His, his memory's mud. It is mud. <laughs> mud. The only time I saw this on the big screen, it was kind of uh, a ripoff because I was talking to Chris about this. Um, at the movie theater was, where I was a projectionist, oh, yeah. we had directors that would show the ads before the show. This was still when it was 35 millimeter film that I was projecting. Um, but we had digital projectors to show the commercials before the theater, the, the show would start. So... On Tuesdays, when I knew it was slow, I would cancel a show. I would call down to the box office person and say, "Don't say, don't sell any tickets for um, eight-legged freaks tonight." <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, because, right? Because it wasn't going to happen anyway. Um, ready to rumble? No, no tickets tonight. Um, <laughs> Fuck you, Arquette. <laughs> what else is David Arquette in that sucked? Scream one, two, three, four, five, and six. <laughs> So I would call down and say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on a projector. And, and the kids were just like, okay, Dave. Um, and I would take, I had a DVD player that I hid actually in the ceiling tiles. And <laughs> I would take in a DVD of my choice and watch these movies that I never got to see on the big screen, in the big screen. And I would crank that thing as loud as it would go. So I was watching Tango and Cash. I was <laughs> watching Die Hard. Um, I believe once Tim came and we watched Teen Wolf 2. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Why part two? Because it was Tim's choice, right? Because Tim got to choose. Mm-hmm. That's why. Okay. <laughs> Ladies' choice. <laughs> that one sucks. So, that's just not. It's not part one. Let's just say that. So that's the only time I've actually seen this on the big screen, and it was kind of you know it was a a DVD. This was a Dolby theater with the Dolby you know whatever what do they call it Mo- motion sound or something whatever the sound is it goes around Mo- it. yeah moving sound i think they call it and it was as loud as we wanted it to be and it was exhilarating yes it was like watching for the first time all over again like it really i was like i know what happens i've seen this movie you know 5000 times you didn't even fall asleep i'm not, not going to sleep or die hard yeah you're mine <laughs> but, but i am going to watch it again and i am going to count the Christmas references in the movie, I guarantee you there's 40, 50, maybe. Absolutely, yes. So if something has 40 or 50 Christmas references in it, to me, it's a Christmas movie. Um, A couple years ago, I think they did a roast, maybe, of Bruce Willis, and he got to the podium and said, once and for all, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. So if you ask Bruce Willis, it's not. But if you ask me, I say yes. I agree. I agree. It, it, it's whatever Dave said and then some, because the story <laughs> is during Christmas. It's Christmas Eve. It, a Christmas party. There's Christmas parties. There's Christmas carols. There's Christmas lights. There's there's Christmas there's, songs. There's, there's presents. Presents. There's, there's tree. snow or or um, bonds falling from the sky. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a definite holiday Christmas movie. Tim? Well, there you go. What are your thoughts, Tim? I think, I mean, when it came out, no. But, yeah, for all the reasons Dave said, there's so many Christmas songs in it, um, so many Christmas decorations, so many Christmas references that, by default, it turns itself into a Christmas movie. And the, the as far as the plot goes, if this had not been at Christmas, you could say that that it would not have happened. Right. He is visiting his family for the holidays and is going to a Christmas party. Correct. So 
Um, that's why this, to me, is more of a Christmas movie. But it's, it's if very... you don't think it is, you're right. You know, it's up to you. Right. Yeah, it's everyone's opinion, but us four are correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, so we decided. Well, Luke said, "Let's do our top five moments of Die Hard, like just the original, just part one, the best one, the the best one out of all." What? How many are there? Now? Five or six? I don't even There's know. Five, There's right? five, right? A, a good day to Die Hard was fifth one. And, and it was him and his son. Live free or Die Hard? Is, is that one? That two? was four. That was four. That was four. Okay. Yeah. What's the one with just along? Four. 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 Yeah. And that's with Timmy Alphonse. Damn right it was. <laughs> Tec- technically, technically, <laughs> we laughing at Die Hard. The first Die Hard is a sequel to that Sinatra one, Sinatra right? movie. Yeah. yeah, the detective. Yeah, because right. this was this oh, was a, a yeah. series of books. This is based on a series of books, and or at least Die Hard is, and. This was based on, I think, the second book of the series, but they actually made a movie in the late 60s with Frank Sinatra as the guy who was Bruce Willis. I I should watch that. I'm very curious to just watch that. Was there a thing with Frank Sinatra? People say he was like, in the mafia? That was That's the rumors, but we can't talk about it here, that here, okay? <laughs> Someone might hear us. <laughs> but, um... So yeah, so we're going to get together, all four of us. You know, Tim saw it yesterday, right, Tim? I think I did. I did. So I asked him, "Do you want to be on?" He said, "Yeah, sure." So I did. I did. I thought <laughs> I'll go first. Me, Luke, Tim, and Dave. All right. Okay. Okay. Because I'm going to be, you know, mine's going to be. You be. Like, it's so awesome because of this. I'm like, I'm like Chris Farley. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. <clears throat> My number five moment of Die Hard is <clears throat> probably a scene that is definitely a Christmas moment, a Christmas scene, but it's it's how it was said by... Wait, wait, l- let us guess. Oh my god. I got out of work soon. Um, <laughs> it's... It's. It was said by the villain Hans Gruber. Alan Rickman is fucking phenomenal as this as this villain. But when he reads the guy's sweatshirt, and he says, "Now I have a machine gun." Ho, ho, ho! <laughs> it's just so like it's like almost like why are you reading it like that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like why are you reading it so like slow and like. Like you just learned to read or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> slow rhymes with hoe. <laughs> yeah. It's a slow. It's a slow hoe. But it is. It's just a, a funny. It's a. It's Bruce being cocky, writing it on the shirt, and when Alan Rickman reaches for the guy's head, the guy fucking blinks and moves. It's fucking funny, actually. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> but um, that's just one of what's. That's like a really cool. Like gets into like the the um. Here we go. Here's where shit's going down. So. That's my number five. Ho, ho, ho. And they have, they have t-shirts. They got all kind of shit that has that on it now. So, You know, I, I was thinking. Yeah. If he didn't send the guy down and let him know that he had a machine gun. Because they didn't know. They didn't, they didn't really know what they were dealing with at that point. He kind of like tip, tipped his hat a little bit saying, hey, listen, uh, I'm a force to be reckoned with now. And then they, they sort of doubled their efforts. Had he just like chilled out. He might have been able to be a little more effective, if you think. 
Tim's exactly right. Yeah, I can see <laughs> that. <laughs> I always think that too. Like if, like I know it's Bruce Willis and he's a smartass and it's a movie, but in real in real life, if this was happening, why would you let them know that early that you're there to yeah. mess with them? He's he should, it's, he's asking for trouble. Yeah, he should just be a ninja, like bing bing bing. I mean, eventually they'll figure it out. Like, where is Fritz? You know, Fritz is dead. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I he he, he should have kept his cards a little closer to his chest. I think. That that is true. I'm not going to argue that, Tim. But I mean, if it wasn't for that, there would be no Die Hard two. Die Harder. <laughs> there are little things about this movie that when you watch them over and over again, you start to think about it. And the the funniest one that all three of us said after the movie, yeah, Chris, I'll, I'll let you because I know that you're thinking the same thing I am. There's one dumb thing. This movie's perfect. There is one stupid thing in this movie. <laughs> well, I and. Chris, Chris and I, I, as soon as the movie was over, you know, we were both like, you know, and we said the same thing. I told Tim this last night, actually, Tim, on the phone when he called. Yeah. When when John McClane is walking to, into the, the lobby in Nakatomi, and the, oh. and the guy yeah, said, yeah. just punch in the name on this on the little computer, and if you got a piss, it'll help you find your zipper. So he types in Gennaro. No, McClane first. Does exist. He's like, that bitch. So he types in G for Gennaro. And there it is, and then he and then the guy at the front desk goes, "Oh, they're the only people in this building, um, uh, floor 30. Then why the <laughs> fuck did you have John McClane waste his time finding out where the fuck she was? I mean, the, the answer is so we could find out that she's using her maiden name. Yeah. But it is dumb. He's, but, there's the, he he punches it in, and he's like 30th floor." The holiday party. The only ones left in the building. Well, why didn't you tell me that? Right. And and her office door says H. Gennaro. So that can tell us she's using her maiden name. Yeah. You don't got to use this fucking, this, this wasted moment. And I would have been pissed. If I, been, if I was Bruce, then why'd you stab me to punch in this thing? There's all germs on the computer. You know? I, I think, you know what? Germs. <laughs> Die hard germs. <laughs> I think they put that in there. You have to put yourself back into 1987 mindset. This is supposed to be a modern, state-of-the-art building. And I think they put the computer in the lobby because I, th- I think probably at that point, most people have not had not seen a computer used in that way. So that would make it seem like it was fucking 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's like, oh my God, how? Where's, where's, where's my wife? And I, I so I, I that's that's my guess is in retrospect they wanted to make the place seem, you know, technologically advanced by having this little pet computer. Beep, 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 Oregon Trail. <laughs> then I, then <laughs> you I have dysentery, diehard. Yeah. <laughs> then I felt bad for the guy at the front desk because everybody's at the party except you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I bet the security people were subcontracted by another uh, company, so they probably didn't technically work for the Nakatomi Corporation. Does that make you feel better? Yeah, okay. which makes it which <laughs> makes it even worse when uh, they come in and the guy just gets shot. Like, boom! It's because it's because he makes people punch in things on computers when he don't need to. That's right. Tim's right though. In 1988, that was state of the art technology, like touch screen anything. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was. I mean, and even at, at so Bruce Willis is even like he's a luddite. He's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> luddite. <laughs> and I want to know. I love that term. <laughs> if you gotta take a piss, 
honestly, how is this thing going to help you find your zipper? <laughs> it's a little diagram of a yeah. zipper and an arrow pointing down. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Luke, you're next. Number five, five uh, Die Hard moment. Well, what do you think it's called Die Hard for? I don't know. Because he's, he's, he's hard to die. Like, he's not. It's kind of hard he's, to kill him, maybe? He's like Steven Seagal. He's hard to kill, but they don't want to call it hard to kill because it's like two on the nose, but Steven Seagal was like, just call it hard to kill. I don't care. <laughs> he's a lethal weapon that's hard to kill, so he's going to terminate <laughs> all of them Rambo style. Because he was marked for like death. A, like a commando marked for death because the building is under siege, too. <laughs> Dark territory. Uh, What's your number five, buddy? My number five? Mm-hmm. This part is where he's in the vents. In the vents, okay. And he says, Come out to the cove, we get together, have a few laughs. Great scene. Great. He's still, he's, people are hunting him down. And he still has a little bit of sense of humor. Talking to fucking nobody. <laughs> he talks to nobody a lot in this movie. Yeah, yeah. He just, he's just, he's, he's talking to us. Yeah. Honestly. He's, he's letting us know that he's, he's okay. Good. That's a good movement, buddy. Do you be the two asshole? <laughs> All right, um, Tim, you're next. I didn't necessarily choose five moments. Some of them are moments, but some of them are just aspects of the movie. Okay. And so my number five is the building itself, Nakatomi Plaza. Oh yes. It, I mean they they chose this building. The bill. I guess when they chose it, the building was under construction. So like when he's up there in those empty things, because they shot it pretty much all the entire movie inside the building. So I'm guessing that room that the holiday party was in is somewhere in the building. Those areas that, you know, were under construction were legitimately under construction at the time. Yeah. Um, but the building itself is like, even, even if it wasn't in a movie, if you were driving by that building, you still like, wow, that's pretty neat. But it's such an iconic building that when you drive through Los Angeles and you see it, no matter who you are, I, I bet you, it a million people drive by that every day and of those million people i bet you 90 percent of them for a fleeting moment think die hard yeah whenever they see that movie yeah totally absolutely and there it shows up in so many other movies in fact um it's in blind date like the you know the movie that he made before this when he was still making moonlighting they're in la and you can see the, the fox you know building in that movie it's in lethal weapon yeah yeah uh, yeah it's it's cool seeing it, all kind of L.A. movies and and as uh, a skyline. You're always like, ooh, where's, where's yeah. it at? And you always can pick it out. Yeah, yeah. And even when, they, e- even when you're just, like, driving, like, if you're if you're in that area, it just stands out. It's like it's such a picturesque area of Los Angeles because you're right near Beverly Hills and all that sort of stuff. And it's just, like, it's, it's right around the corner from Fox Studios. Fox Studios is like, boop, hops, be kipping a jump from it and it's it's just so neat it's like when it when when chris and cal and i were in anaheim last year we went over there that's uh we went over there chris chris took pictures and we all we, yes, we actually like, got out there but <laughs> after i dropped chris and kel off at the airport at lax because I, I i didn't fly out till later in the afternoon i was driving around la and i was down in that area and I, again it was in the you know in the morning, a Sunday morning or whatever it was, and I was like, wow, look at that. 
that's so cool yeah it's just it was it's just really neat and, and i uh it's, it, i love that building i think it's very cool yeah and didn't one. we go there tim um the other celebration years ago and drove at yeah, night with, lou, with, with lou. lou yeah lou had a rental car and he took us on like a little tour of uh la and hollywood for one night and yeah we drove by there and you were you were in you were like I was Nuts. in heaven. You were yeah, like, because you really didn't see it in the in the daytime in the movie. So no. you saw it at nighttime. So when it, we were there at nighttime, I thought like I was there like when it was filmed. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was really cool. And I, I I guarantee you, every day they get at least twenty dingbats that drive up that driveway to to take a picture outside the building. We were it's, one of them. I got out of the car and I took a photo. Yeah, yeah. I, it was. I wanted. To, I wanted to go in, but I wasn't sure if if I was allowed. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And we when we when we got there that that day, it was nearing the end of the work day anyway. So if anybody was even in the building, because this was still L.A. was still kind of still COVID fearing at the time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it didn't look like anybody was even there. I mean, I remember that the parking lot that we pulled into was like empty. Was it empty, it was and I had to take a piss, and I needed something to tell me where my fucking zipper was. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the building, the building itself, it's it, it's an icon. It's it's one of those landmarks that uh, you know basically just screams, you know, Hollywood movie. Yeah, that's a great one, Tim. Good one, Timmy. I would yeah. love to take a tour in that building. I would love to get a job there. I don't care if it's p- cleaning out people's shit. I'm working inside Nakatomi Plaza, you know? You're going to shit when you find out you're cleaning shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, what's your number five? I kind of did what Tim did. I did concepts uh, rather than moments because there's too many moments to pick this out. This so- magic mm-hmm. concept. <laughs> I-, I tried to nail down because I think about this movie a lot. I, I do, like, not just at Christmas. Um, I judge a lot of other movies against this movie. So I really tried to analyze why I think it is so great. And the fifth reason of many, but the ones I'm going with, is the comedy. So in this movie, aside from all of the Bruceisms, which are fantastic, and you've already said a couple of them, this is him... During moonlighting, um, yes. he's bringing a little bit of If you're watching Hulu, you should because mind you, he was the guy that became the megastar that he, that he became. And thank God Sybil Shepard got pregnant because it gave him some time to film this. I mean, had she, had she not gotten pregnant and it worked out and I mean, the show suffered because of it. (laughs) That's when they were struggling to even like complete a season. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, they were. But, uh, aside from all of the Bruce Willis isms, you got Paul Gleason's performance, which is hysterical. I mean, pretty much every time Paul Gleason opens his mouth, you're laughing. Yeah. You have the, the Johnson's, it's now the other one joke right <laughs> it's so dumb but yeah. it's still funny yeah. um you want my it? favorite my favorite is the guy it's when the SWAT guys are storming and they they think that they're gonna you know really take them take them out and they're storming the building 
the guy that gets stuck in the rose bush. Mm-hmm. That uh, yeah, I I always wondered if that was if that happened like in in real life or if that was just like a the guy was just like I'm going to do a character they're so ow. they're so macho but ow a thorn bush. Oh right. yeah, he, he he ouch he's he's storming with his ouch. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny and along with that in the same scene is Mister Endo from Lethal Weapon so bored with this attack that he's eating a candy bar. Yeah. And, yeah. he, and he even and, looks around like, is someone watching me? <laughs> yeah, right. He's, steal he's, stealing, he's stealing bearer bonds, but <laughs> he doesn't want to take a Clark bar. Right. Yeah, they've, they've, they've just killed the, the head of a multinational billion-dollar industry, and he's worried about, yeah, eating a, eating a, a, a Hershey bar with almonds. <laughs> and the cherry on top of all of it is Hart Bachner as Ellis. Yeah. <laughs> How... I mean, we, we. I remember we we did a episode of the Grady's on Supergirl, and yeah, he's the yeah. love interest in Supergirl. He's great in that. And we, I remember talking then, like, why didn't Hart Bachner become a big star? Because he is, he steals every scene that he's in in this. He so does. I'm just just gonna say number five is all of that stuff in a movie this serious with this much action. The comedy takes the edge off it, and it is very funny. So I'm saying the comedy is my number five. Damn, that's good. <laughs> Damn, that's good, Dave. All right. Back to you? Back to me, right? Number four. There, okay. One of my... It might be... Maybe the first kind of action scene that we see him do something. I could be wrong now. And, and it, it's his Bruce... Like, like Dave said, his cockiness. When he sees... Takagi get his head, you know, blown off, whatever, and then he he goes back, and there's he's in there, and there's there's two um, bad guys, two, two goons come in. Yeah, he blows one of them away, and he crawls under a fucking table, and this guy's on the table shooting, you know, and you know next next time you have a chance to 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 kill someone, and then he says what, do it or something? You should take it. Yeah, yeah, you should take it or something. Yeah. To, to the yeah. And then the tables, the table. Big fan. You didn't re- remember. He ran out of. T- I, my memory's mud. He ran out of table. And then just his fucking awesomeness. He he shot. He goes, "Thanks for the advice," and puts like ten bullets. Which, if you look at him, it's like in his legs, and his balls, and his dick. <laughs> I mean, he's getting he's getting shot up bad. But it's just so fucking cool that. This guy's trying to take him out, and he ran a table. He's like, "Thanks for the advice." And it's just a cool fucking line, and that's that's when you know that he's just he doesn't he's just he's there to just kick some fucking ass. And it's I love that that scene. I love how that's- Bruce looks. I love his like smirk. Everything about Bruce. All right, he's no. That's I- Marco. That's Marco, right? With the detonators. Yes. Yeah. So that. That moment, you know, the guy's on top of the table shooting down at him, which you, you're a horrible shot if you can't, you know, hit a guy under a little tiny zigzaggy table. But no I more table, pal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's the scene place. where Bruce Willis lost his hearing. Is it he, really? He, yeah, he's de- he's deaf in one ear, like partially deaf, not completely deaf in one ear. It's from that scene. I've heard him do interviews of it. Like uh, he. Because whatever, you know, I'm sure there were blanks in the gun, but him shooting that gun, he he blew his eardrum out uh, and never heard correctly again. I did hear he, he did that to his ears. I didn't know it was during that, that scene, though. Yeah, it was that scene. Man. 
Great scene, though. <laughs> All right, Luke, are you next? That's me. Yeah, back to you. Number four moment of Die Hard. Moment, scene, scenario, feeling, sensation, anything. My number four is thanks for the advice. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Mm-mm. Holy shit, it is. <laughs> so you wrote did that he, as your number four, too? Did he just too? cross yeah. something out? Hot him? Did he just cross something out to write that down? No, he actually has a four next to his little little notes on his phone. No, and we don't. This is one that we don't share notes with. No, we okay? don't share notes. No, that's cool. Yeah, you, you are you are my son. Shine, my only son, shine. You make me happy. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's go to let's go to Tim now. Number four moment from Die Hard. This one is a moment, and it, like Dave said, it's 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 a funny moment. It's it's I, I think it's one of the funniest lines in the entire movie, but it's it's with Johnson and Johnson, Big Johnson and Little Johnson, <laughs> and they're up in the helicopter. And he's like, "This is just like in Saigon," and the other one was like, "I was in junior high, dickhead." Yeah. <laughs> yep. I uh, yeah I I think that that that's really funny. Uh, I mean yeah as Dave said like the 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 cops and the people in charge, again the people the people watching the movie the audience all hate their bosses they all think their bosses are idiots they all think the people that are in charge are idiots and so this movie it just like proves that it's like the little guy the worker bee knows what's going on everybody up top is just you know trying to jockey to to make themselves look good or, or what have you but uh yeah the man on the street knows what's up and uh those these johnson and johnson guys are just as out of touch with everyone all the other suits and higher-ups who all think they're hot shit. I actually think, Tim, I, I mean, I think I met Robert Davy and I have him on my Bond poster. Yeah, I was I was there when you met him at a chiller theater. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think I got him on my Bond poster also. But yeah, I remember th- this was like, this is going back Whoa. maybe almost 20 years ago. Yeah, long <laughs> time ago. And I, I even told Luke, like, if I would get that, the um, Black John, <laughs> the Black Johnson... <laughs> The black, <laughs> the black Johnson's autograph now, I would have him sign eight by ten and have him say no, the other one. <laughs> but is Robert Dave is he is is he dead now? He's still alive. He's, he's dead. Alive. I thought he was dead. I thought he was dead too. No, I think he's alive. I think he's dead. He's like I think he's like he's in the seventies. Hmm. Hold on. Hey Siri. <laughs> is Robert David dead? Uh oh, Siri's dead. No, no, he's still alive. Oh, okay. okay. Sorry, Davi. So yeah. He turned uh he turned Lottie, seven. Dottie. He's still alive. But I would get his autograph too and all. It'd be cool to have like two eight by tens of each each uh photo of each character. No, the other one. If you got the other guy, would you get him on your diehard poster or your lethal weapon poster? Or lethal your top two poster. Probably Oh wait, no, 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 the other guy wasn't in that, sorry. Maybe both. He's I the guy in Lethal Weapon 2 that dies on the diving board, right? Well, isn't that the one who's like, who's with Murtaugh in the opening? Yeah, with the condoms. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> he's one of, remember when they, they kill all of the 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 platoon, whatever you call it. The, yeah, they're, you know, they're all team, yeah. That team, and he's one of the dudes that gets killed. Yeah, he's. I think he's one that I thought was Danny Glover. When I first saw it, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> they, they shot Murtaugh already, he's dead. 
um but yeah i would i would definitely i got i got the um the um cop the guy from what's that guy's name again from breakfast club dave what's that guy's name the actor judge reinhold no 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 <laughs> the guy from paul paul gleason paul gleason oh i don't know I don't know why I was he, thinking he's he Yeah, he's dead. He Paul Gleason. Yeah, I met him with you guys, and I had him sign a um, Breakfast Club picture. Yeah. He, he and he was so I, freaking nice. He's the only person I have on my Die Hard poster signed. Is 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 Paul Gleason? That's it. Oh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so I had, Paul Gleason. In I know. Die Hard. I know. It's horrible. And I think I have Alan Ruck on Twister, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, Al, Alan Ruck. He's, he was funny. I remember when we were. He was he was in the room. It was like we were in line. It was like Ron Perlman, and it was for all the people in uh, the first Hellboy. And the, like Nichelle Nichols was there, and Alan Ruck was on the other side of the room, and no one was at his table. He's like, "I'm over here, everyone." <laughs> now he's like, I think a Golden Globe fucking nominee this past week. I think really, yeah. Um, who who was that, buddy? <laughs> Whose turn was that? That was Tim's. Okay, Tim's turn. All right, Dave. All yours. All right. Mine is more of a moment as well. Okay. And Chris just said, too, how much he loves Bruce Willis. We really, really love Bruce Willis. We're big fans. We're such big fans, we've seen him in concert twice. (laughs) Damn right, man. (laughs) I mean, how many different Planet Hollywood openings did we go to? We've, we fucking stalked the fuck out of that shit, man. Whenever he was around or something, we would always try to, like, you know... Be be there during some kind of event. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we've got we've many Planet Hollywood openings, and the and the the one that was the best was we went to Atlantic Cities, which isn't there anymore. Or I mean, that's probably safe to say of every Planet Hollywood that's not there anymore. Yeah. Um, and his band, the Accelerators, was playing that night right on the boardwalk. We got there super early. Yeah. And we were there early enough for them to see their to see their sound check. So we we really got to kind of see him twice in that day. It was great. And then we saw him at the Trocadero. Tim, did you go to that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, with uh, Ivan Neville opening. Yeah, Ivan Neville. So we've seen him twice. Um, we love him. Love him, love him. Love like, him to death. He's one of, one of my all-time favorites. Um, and I think this is his best performance. Yeah, uh, you know he he did more dramatic things later, and you want to you know it's great in the Sixth Sense, and maybe some of like the Wes Anderson stuff, or whatever you want to say he did later in his career. To me, this is the best thing he did, and that is most on display during what I call the speech when okay. he's in the bathroom yep. and he's ready to die. Um, <laughs> it's one of the things that that I think is why people like this movie. They wanted Stallone and, you know, they're talking about Schwarzenegger and this people have said this a million times. I'm not saying anything new. People connected with this because he was an every man and he was vulnerable. So the fact that he's telling Al Al to, you know, what he wants to say to his wife when he's gone, because he knows he's going to die um, is great. It's his performance is fantastic. It's, it's it's sad, um, and it's heroic at the same time, and he delivers it perfectly. So the speech is what I'm calling it. Is my number can I four. can is, I is this a speech that you did in drum class? Can I say something here? Yes, Dave. Yeah, Mister, I think was Mister Walters the drama teacher. Yeah, I think so. Okay, 
We had to do a speech. We had to do like like a what's the one you're by yourself moment? A monologue. So, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> a, a monologue. Okay. And I don't know anything. The only thing I knew back then was fucking movies. Did Did you do both? No, I, I just did. I just did Bruce's part, Bruce? which was the best part. I could come home and watch Die Hard forty times <laughs> to, to get this to get that monologue memorized. And I did the whole the whole thing. I, I wore a white tank top. I had this this water gun, machine gun going on. With the shoes off? Probably. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did that monologue for, for, for drama class. <laughs> now, did he ask you then to take your shirt and shoes off and do it again? That was private? afterwards at the adult bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this this is the, for people who don't know, this is our high school teacher who was arrested at a, an adult bookstore for soliciting um, I don't know, teenage boys was arrested? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I did not like him as a as my English teacher. I I was not a fan. I don't know. I just I just didn't didn't like him. And so so when that happened, I was, I was kind of happy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you hear Mr. Walters got busted here? Like, no way. Cool. No way. No homework. Yeah. <laughs> what other scenes did you do in drama class? I forget because Matt was in our. I swear Matt was in my drama class too. I don't know what he did. I, I'll have to ask him sometime. Well, I would have liked to have seen you do your speech, but <laughs> I'm happy to watch Bruce Willis do it at least once a year. And honestly, I watch this more than at Christmas. So exactly, uh, it's. Uh, I think it's his best performance, and I think that that is a good little uh, cross section of why. So that's my number four. Excellent, excellent. Back to me. That's back to you. All right. My number three moment is is when he finally gets someone's attention and he's looking out that broken window and yells down to Sergeant Al Pal, Welcome to the party, pal. But here's the thing. How did he know his name was Pal? <laughs> yeah. We, we talked about this at some point. <laughs> Because you thought that he was saying Powell. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it is odd. I mean, you know. And then he looked up. Are you saying Pow or Powell? Really good. I say that you can see my name tag on my jersey, on my uniform. Yeah, you're, you're all up on the 29th floor. You can't read my, read, read my jacket. Um, but just that part is just so like, here's Bruce just fucking, you know, awesome as hell looking down and, Throwing that body, which is that scene sometimes like it looks real. It does. When that body hits that, hits his cop car, I don't know what that is, but it looks like a fucking body. <laughs> that was that actor. That was really him. What? That was him. He, he pissed off John McTiernan, threw him out the window. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Whoever that was, I mean, that was a that's a heck of a fall. Did they use the same uh, robot from? From uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like a, that's one of the, the, the greatest moments. And then now that's like an awesome GIF, GIF or something. You can you know comment on someone's post. Just welcome to the party, Pat. You know, I just had my first burger. My first burger, and you comment, welcome to the party, Pat. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, that's my my number okay, three. Yeah, three moment. Is it me? It is you, buddy. Number three moment from Die Hard. Mine is also look at the party, pal. You gotta be fucking me here. Right there. 
He did do these by himself. Man, you were well, my son. You share a brain. I am. <laughs> I'm so proud of you right now. I'm, I don't. I don't. I don't care that that you learn how to talk, walk. You you graduated. I don't care about any of that. All I care about is that we have the same diehard list. <laughs> oh, Merry Christmas. Merry, yeah, it's a Christmas miracle. Merry Christmas. <laughs> That's pretty good, Tim. Well, Tim, what's what's your number three? Number three is the character played by Clarence Gilliard Jr. Theo. <laughs> you like Theo? I think Theo is. I mean, he's so he's so annoying. <laughs> he's the, uh, other than one other character who actually does die. You want this guy to die so bad because he is such an asshole. He's such a prick. He's just such a full of himself, thinks he's funny. That's the worst part. If someone who's really not funny thinks they're really funny yeah. and clever, just annoying. You want him to die. But what happens? <laughs> he doesn't die. But he, he says he says so many like goofy things and he just he just He's annoying as fuck. Yeah. yeah, he's just annoying. You want him to die, but they don't care. I don't know why they didn't kill him. Well, Argyle hit him out and he goes, oi! And again, again, gets knocked out. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, he's such a pencil neck geek that he he he. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was because he was because he was such a like a little weakling that that uh, that's why they didn't kill him. They thought that was too cruel. But he 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 should have been killed. But I I, I do I I think his performance is is great. Uh, I think some of the stuff he says is really funny, and uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed Theo. Do you know what he plays? He plays it great. He's, he he's, he's ex exactly what he needed to do. He kills it. Yeah. But one part I have a, not a problem with, but when he pulls that 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 van out of that bigger truck, yeah, yeah, he's doing ninety, and it's almost like comes up and like flips over how he drives so fast. But he doesn't. That's not what I thought you were gonna say. I thought. I thought you were gonna say when he, they pull the the ambulance that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He pulls it out of the other truck, and the back tires like go, like go down slow. You're like on a steep ramp. Take it easy. I thought you were gonna say that the thing that bothers you is that is like the one film flub in this movie. <laughs> What's the flub? I, I know when, what you're talking about. Go ahead. When that truck pulls into the garage at the beginning. They're just getting there before anything has happened. They're entering the building. Yeah. The back of that truck goes up and Hans walks out with a couple of his men. You clearly see into that truck and there is not an ambulance in it. Yeah. And that ambulance would take up the entire is truck for the, the most part. Truck? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, the yeah. same truck. There, There is no ambulance in it in the beginning when Hans walks out of there. And later on, there's an ambulance in there. Oh, my God. My mind is blown right now. You never knew that? No. There has to be another truck. No, that, that's it's the truck. same truck. The same same truck. No, I think they had one there parked the weekend before and it stayed there. <laughs> <laughs> I never that's noticed great. that. That is yeah. Fuck. All right. All right, Dave. You're number three. All right, my number three is a concept again, and I'm calling this one. The way it looks. Die Hard has a specific look to it. And there's a reason why. Um, I've been reading 
since we saw it because you know how like there are movies from like you watch a movie and it, it, you know it's fine but then a movie like Die Hard comes along and it just is shot differently and it looks different and it's got this kind of like quality to it that other movies don't have and I was wondering if it was just because it was an 80s thing it's not just that and uh, I've been reading a lot of interviews with uh is his name Robert Enlund or Richard Enlund the Richard visual Enlund, effects uh, Richard yeah visual effects guy and he he broke this down to the perfect uh way to explain it he's they like p- we had a job to do so we did it end of story <laughs> <laughs> it's because Die Hard was filmed with anamorphic lenses and he was asked about this because apparently people stopped using anamorphic lenses because it messed with visual effects um, it gives you a bigger, and this is for like projector kind of people, like projectionists. It makes the movie look bigger. It makes it look um, deeper and have more like depth of field and that kind of stuff. Um, but it was hard to then work in visual effects to it. He said, Die Hard was different. And this is a quote from him. I'm going to read the quote. He said, actually, it makes our material look better. Look at the quality of Die Hard. Jan de Bon is a great cameraman. He was able to produce a very, really lush, rich look, look, even though it's high speed, low light photography. He shot the entire picture on an Eastman 5295. Our effects shots cut in seamlessly. I I never thought about it was the way that it was shot. But, I mean, Jan de Bon is, is the, like, the cinematographer. He goes on to do, you were just talking about Twister. You know, he goes on to do Speed and Twister and things like that. I think it's because of the way this looks. This looks so rich and full. And it, it it's so satisfying to look at. Right. Put the I sound with it. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about the way it sounds the other day. We got to experience that on a, in a different way the other day. Um, and then on the big screen, I, I think it's the way it looks. I think movies don't look like that anymore, and that's my number three. Damn, Dave. This I it's it's interesting you bring that up because I was saying this to Chris yesterday that when the movie started, mm. I I thought maybe they had done something or they didn't do something with the lenses, the projector mm-hmm. in the theater because it seemed like. You know, you know how like when you had to go from scope to flat, you know, th- flat, you had, mm-hmm. you, you had to switch the lens. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you have to do that with digital, if you have someone to scope there, or if it's automatically. But like when the Fox logo came up, it looked wonky. It, you're right. That's because of this. The Fox logo was shot in a on a square. And this is on a rectangle. So it is the difference to me between flat and scope. This is like more projectionist like dork like stuff but like when we would get a movie at our movie theaters romantic comedies and things that you don't need to have a lot of depth of field were usually in flat they're more of like a box and people that go to the movies especially people our age would remember the screen changing size so the masking is called which would change to to fit the lens so movies like this had to be in scope i remember when when um when i was a projectionist we get an action movie and it was shot in flat we knew it was gonna be horrible <laughs> yeah yeah you don't shoot you don't shoot things like this in flat you shoot them in scoop in scope and this was anamorphic lenses that yonder bont used yonder bont is like deserves a lot of credit for this yeah i i i wasn't sure 
because when there was that scene where he's he's in the the um, uh, the airport, and I was like, is the does it look different? Like in my head, I was telling myself it didn't look right. And then when he walks into Nakatomi Plaza, there's that wide shot where he's on the left side and he has to walk over to the right side where the desk was. There's that one shot where he's backlit from the outside, and part of me was like. I, I couldn't tell if it was off. I, I don't think it probably was not. It probably was being projected as intended. But part of my brain was thinking back to the Fox logo the whole time thinking something's not something has to not be right here. You're exactly right, because that that Fox logo was probably the stock logo that was used yeah. for all movies. I think you're right. When he's on the airport, um, the planes are a little like misshapen. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure that Jan de Bont was not on the tarmac at LAX, wherever right. they did that, shooting right. the airplanes landing in anamorphic lenses. They saved that for the you know the nuts and bolts of the movie. And one one last little factoid: Chris and I both have Richard Endland on our Star Wars poster. Look at you, tennis shoe. Yeah, <laughs> Chris has Chris. Uh, I I remember. We we both we we went to like it was like a uh, special effects or whatever of, of the making of Indiana Jones at Celebration Four in L A back in two thousand ten and so all these fucking guys were up there and so as soon and this is back when you could mob the people and yeah, get, and autographs, get autographs and we went ape shit and got like <laughs> Phil Tippett Richard Edlund Ben Burr, all these guys that were working on the movies. Chris got one that I didn't get. He got Norman Reynolds, and who in Nor- uh, and I was I was so ticked because I, I tried I, I saw Norman Reynolds later. I'm like Mr. Reynolds, and he was like no, and walked away. I'm like oh, but, but Chris Chris got Norman Reynolds. I did not. But Tim got me back by getting J.J. Abrams. So I got J I got J.J. Abrams, and I have uh, what's his name uh, the director of Empire Strikes Back. Kershner. I have two. Evan Irver and Kirshner. Yep. A bingy bingy. <laughs> a bingy bingy. That was a good one, Dave. All right. Anywho. Yeah, there's that. Back to me. My number two <clears throat> is you see this so many times when Christmas comes around and everybody says it's not Christmas until you see Hans Gruber fall to his death. <laughs> and that scene... Which I, I've always heard that they count them down three, two, one, we're gonna drop you. They dropped them on two. So that face of him like Duh! like looking like he's fucking fallen was real. It looks so much better than the scene from Robocop when Dick Jones falls out the window. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's 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 a great you know, earlier in the movie Ellis was like, you know, show him the watch and he's like, I'm sure I'll see it. He does see it. When he loosens it at the end, and then Hans falls to his death. Um, the stunt looks amazing. Like you know, it's a stunt guy falling on a on a big air, air mat. Yeah, air mattress, whatever they're called. Um, but goddamn, it looks it looks it looks real. Looks amazing. Yeah. And then the body thump. It's just it's so it's so like that's how you wanted Hans to fucking die almost. You just you wanted him to just. F- Fall out of that building to his death and all. So. Yeah, that's dead, man, dead man's fall is that what that's called? They call that stunt. The is it really? Fall? I think so. It's it's and it may, it's you know after watching this ten thousand times and he's like in slow motion you know pointing the gun he's turning around but 
when they drop him in his face, like, oh, shit. Like, he's, like, falling. It's just, it's it's so good. It's so, so fucking good. Number two, Hans Falls. He's I just saw him knows. on, oh, yeah. I just saw him on, I was watching stuff on YouTube the other day, and it was him probably shortly before he died, and somebody asked him that at, like, a convention. And he was so still happy to talk about it and joking about it and, you know, the story that you said about them kind of fooling him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was for for all the stuff that he didn't like about this movie, like he didn't like the guns. He didn't know how to hold a gun. He didn't know how to shoot a gun. It was his first real screen credit. Um, I think he really uh, liked and enjoyed the fact that, you know, that he was in this. Yeah. And I, I keep, I always heard articles and saw uh, interviews. Everyone said that, yeah, Hans Greenberg, I'm going to say Hans Gruber, <laughs> that Alan Rickman was like, one of the nicest people. Like all the Potter actors, actresses, he said, they said he was amazing. Um, what's that? Robin Hood? Well, no, it's the Tim Allen one. Um, Galaxy Quest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like everyone on the cast said that Hans, <laughs> Hans, that Alan. Why can't they Hans? I don't know. <laughs> That Alan was such like a fantastic, nice guy, and he always seemed nice. And I, I loved him in Die Hard. I loved him in fucking Robin Hood. Like, but, but just him as as that villain, and he just falls to his death. Man, that's just phew. what a way to go. I think Bonnie Bedelia was one of the people that I was reading about the other day, and she said that they would eat lunch together every day. They, I mean, she's they really spend the most time together. Um, yeah, and every yeah, day, true. every day when it was like lunch break, the two of them would go off and eat their lunch together, and she. You know, saying how wonderful he was, and then then the next scene, he's trying to kill her, and he, he kills yeah. her. You know, <laughs> he's we, like, "You have some schmutz on your face." <laughs> <laughs> That's my number two, Luke. Don't you dare say Hans falls to his death. All right, because that ain't right. I have. Yeah. It's when McLean is jumping off the roof. That's the phenomenal scene. That 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 scene, he, he, like, if a movie happens t- today, all right, and you see, <laughs> this is sad, and you see somebody on top of a roof tying a fire hose to their chair, I'm like, that's stupid. That would never happen. But for some fucking reason, Die Hard, it's amazing. I kind of believe that could happen. <laughs> that was how I first heard about this movie. When we were in high school, one of our friends was talking about this movie, and they're like, I didn't know what it was yet. And they're like, you know, the fire hose movie. So we're talking fire about fire hose. hose. <laughs> and the way they described it was this: they didn't talk about anything else. They didn't talk about like the, the building was the the some for some reason this guy had to jump off this building. I didn't know about Hans. I don't know about Christmas. I don't know anything. Right. But you got to watch this movie where a guy jumps off the roof with the fire hose tied around him. That was the first thing I remember about Die Hard. Wow, that's a cool cool memory. Unfortunately, the kid was talking about the the porno parody. I'm hard, <laughs> <laughs> and the fire hose was a dick. The fire hose was actually his wiener. <laughs> I sat down and watched that with my dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your dad's like, David, I don't believe this is a movie you should be watching right now. <laughs> I go to bed. I need to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> rewind. Be kind. Rewind. Maybe <laughs> kind. Rewind. Don't want to be rude. <laughs> Uh, Timmy, yours, you're up. Number two. Number two, uh, uh, the death of Ellis. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that whole scene, 
Again, um, as Dave was saying, this this Hart Bachner actor who I, I, I've only seen in a couple things, um, he's he's so good in that scene. At the beginning of the movie, you're like, this guy's a fucking prick, and you're you're watching it, and you want you want something bad to happen to him, but at the same time, you're kind of like, you know, it's gonna happen, just like just like uh, McLean knows what's gonna happen. And, uh, but you're like, please, no, in, in your head, you're like, no, no, no. You want to like look away. And then, you know, and then it happens. You're like, well, he had it coming. Right. But it's, it's such a good scene because it, it is, it's one of those things. It's like taking baby steps to the inevitable end that you see coming from a mile away that this guy's going to get his brains blown out. And, uh, and then it happens. And, but it's, it's such a good scene because it's, it's, it's got some, it's got some funny moments. It's got, you know, Hans Gruber kind of like, oh, yes, he's playing along with him. Going, yeah. oh. And uh, Ellis is completely oblivious to it all because he's so, A, walked out on Coke and he's B, so, so, up, yeah. so overly like drug confident that uh, he can't even see, you know, death when it's staring him. Like like right John McClane said, you don't know who you're dealing with. You know, he, he, he had yeah. no idea what he was. He just thought he was so cool. Remember when Hans when they first get there and they're trying to find Takagi, like, you know, in, in the crowd of, of people and you see mm-hmm. Ellis, like his mouth agape, he's like shaking, he's sweating. He's like, he's, he, he's like, um, Homer Simpson going back into the fucking <laughs> bush. Like that, that part always makes me laugh. He's, he looks so like, he's so obviously just a mess. You know what, what part cracks me up is when, yeah, right when they're getting there, and they're storming and pulling everybody out, and the and the topless girl. Yeah. And the guy, the guy's fully clothed. They they should both be completely naked. Well, and I think that would have been funny if they trotted a naked two naked people out. <laughs> he just uh, he just he just got done. You know what I mean? So <laughs> they were but, just getting started. Yeah. They're the ones that bust into the room looking for a room when Holly and John are talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But yeah, you it you know if I just think it would have been funnier if. You know, they try to actually. It would be kind of. It would be pretty humiliating for them if they'd been trotted out naked. You know, <laughs> terrorist thing. Uh, they survive because at the end, when everybody's leaving the building, they're still together. Like they're still like they walk out together as like a couple. Okay, so it was uh, maybe they were husband and wife. Uh, <laughs> well, what's funny though in in the big Nagatomi Plaza, you know, it's fucking enormous. You're you of all the rooms to like pick. You go into the room that there's, there's people in. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's so many rooms. But you walk why into would they? Yeah. Why would they go into? Her she, she wasn't the boss, but she was like one of the high ups. Like I would, yeah. I would put her like top five people in the office. Why would you go into technically your boss's office? She was second in command because she even said that. After after they shot him, she was in charge. Like, yeah. why are you going in her office, man? That's your boss. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, that might have been part of it. Like, yeah, let's go fucking the boss's office. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. The right. Ellis thing is great too. Tim is right, and the the Hans Bobby thing yeah, Hans is Bobby. what people remember a lot, and yeah. that was ad libbed, and 
it seems like John McTiernan, McTiernan let them ad lib a lot, which I I think is cool of a director. So that was ad libbed. A lot of Bruce's lines were ad libbed, and I also saw that part of the reason there was so much ad libbing, you know how when you read like there isn't really a script. And you're like, well, yeah. this movie's gonna suck. Yeah. Um, and they're just kind of like writing the script like the day before the scenes. That was the case for this. So the, some of these things, there wasn't like a lot of dialogue written. So they were just like, well, I don't know, what would you say? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like he, 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 Ellis was like walked in there first first take. Hans, booby, baby, buggy bumpers. <laughs> <laughs> no, that doesn't work. Shorten it. Okay, booby. Yeah, there you go. That'll I'm your work. white knight. Yeah, but even that—the thing that we always joke about—that Bill Clay scene with Hans and Bruce. Yeah, that's that scene was ad libbed. Like their dialogue was not written down. They came up with that shit, and it's so fucking good. It works. It's Everything so works. good. They're such good actors, and Tim's right. Ellis is too. I want to. I want a prequel about Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> Is that actor still alive? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. yeah. He has to be out there still, yeah. All right, that was that was Tim's, right? Yep. Dave's number two. Number two. You kind of touched on this a little. Oh. And I'm calling this one the foreshadowing, aka the watch. Oh <laughs> yes. The whole movie to me is about the watch. <laughs> the watch yeah. is is like the most important thing in this movie when you think about it. And I'm also giving credit. I'll, I'll extend this in into the writing that did exist. Somebody had to storyboard this and come up with, you know, what was going to happen. Uh, Jeb Stewart and Stephen D'Souza are credited as the writers. So I'm going to give them credit for this. The watch is such a big deal. And it's like, this kind of like seed that they plant in the beginning and you don't think anything of it. No. And Ellis is like, show them the watch. And you, you're right. John says, I'm sure I'll see it later. That kind of foreshadowing is really clever. Yeah. You, you're going to see it later. If they don't give Holly that watch in the first scene, I mean, she gets it before he's there, but if Holly doesn't receive that watch as a present, she probably dies. Yeah, he would have pulled her out. He would have pulled her out. Yeah. If she doesn't have that watch on and they can't unclasp it, she dies. And I bet he goes after her and dies too. And the, movie, and the franchise. That's it. So yeah, the watch is the watch is what this movie is all about. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting that out there as my number two. So the watch saved your life. Yeah. Exactly. It did. And that'd be if, damned if some crowd gets his greasy paws on it. <laughs> if that movie happened today, no one wears a watch anymore. No. Everyone's dead. Well, Apple, Apple, Apple watches. watches. Oh, true. Okay. That is true. No, I don't know what my pulse is. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I was up at 2 a.m. I can see it now. <laughs> What's my heart rate? <laughs> so, number two is. Uh, fuck it. Number two is the watch. <laughs> is the watch. <laughs> Your birthright. <laughs> All right. There it is. Is your turn? For two hours. This is it. Janeiro had this watch up her ass. <laughs> Bruce Willis's two best performances deal, have to deal with watches. <laughs> watches. <Yeah. laughs> Shush. 
Should we do our honorable mentions now? No, you do them after. Because what after? if it's an honorable mention that someone's number one? This is your first time on the show. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. Number one moments from Die Hard for from the four of us. My number one was already said by my bouncing baby boy. <laughs> it was him on the roof jumping off. Jumping off. Yep. Uh, it's just. It's a great scene. I saw behind the scenes of it, like that little toy helicopter, you know, and everything. But it looks it looks so real, and we need some new FBI agents, I guess. It's just it's so it's a great scene that. Do you feel that was a stuntman jumping off? Yeah, it wasn't Bruce, yeah. but the scene where he's swinging, that's Bruce. That's Bruce. Yeah, you can obviously see it's, and then he shoots a glass, and then he's, his feet are all bleeding, and he has to bang with his feet. Ouch! But it's just a great fucking moment in, in the fire hose. It's just classic. The the blood the blood on the glass sells it even that yeah. much more. It it because it's like it's just that little bit of ew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you like you feel you feel exactly how you McGregor feels ew. in ew. Birds of Prey. Ew, ew. And you're right because girl. he's already. I mean, he's he's so. It's not that he's in in pain. He's sweaty. He jumped off like. On top of it all, if you, you gotta use your your fucked up feet to 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 bang the glass out, like Tim's like ooh, like that. That's that's the worst. That's like hitting your fucking big toe as you're running <laughs> somewhere, you know? Ew, ew, is that blue? Sh- yeah. Shoot her, shoot her. But that that scene is like is is the classic Die Hard moment for me. So jumping off the roof, number one. Well, the whole that whole yeah, scene with the explosion is like. It's funny that they even like put that on like the the VHS box. I think it was on the poster. Like the, I'm sure it was in the trailers. They put so much stock into that explosion. Yeah, they 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 couldn't help but like give it away in the promotional materials. Like, go see this movie. You'll see the top of this goddamn building blow up. (laughs) (laughs) If nothing else, yeah, you're gonna see this building blow up. Yeah, the original posters, that's all it was. They didn't even put Bruce Willis' face on the poster because they're like, nobody knows who this guy no, is. who David Addison is, yeah. So it was just the building. Tim's right. It was all about the building. And then like when people started to like it, they were like, oh, people like him. Put his face next to the building. <laughs> yeah. Put but Bob, don't take away the building. Put Bob Wilson's face up there. <laughs> <laughs> and and you're right to know that they shot they shot that in like a parking lot. Yeah, like they they built a miniature version of that building and shot it like, like in somebody's backyard. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it's at the the Target on Eighth and Vine, and we shot this uh, this building exploding. And it's a little tiny like model, like a, like a toy thing. But you know, when they slow it down in the movie version, it looks it looks real. It looks like it's the whole, whole fucking top of the building is gone. Right? You know what I mean, Richard Min- en- Richard Enlin. I mean, Jesus Christ, this is a masterpiece. Yeah. Yes, it yeah, is. I mean, and you know, he worked on he worked on the Star Wars, and like they the miniatures, miniatures. I think miniature effects, most of the time, are pretty awesome, unless the movie is called The Arrival. But uh, <laughs> the cotton swab. <laughs> but, uh, I remember that. But yeah, most of the time, miniatures are amazing. Even in the prequels, when they use miniatures, they look fucking fantastic. In this digital age, miniatures still. I mean, look at like Independence Day is another great example with all the things that blowing up. Those were all miniatures. Fucking awesome. Bring the miniatures back. 
Can I? I, I don't know if you guys. I mean, I'm sure Dave knows this movie like the back of his fucking hand. It's ridiculous. When the roof blows up and the the, the um the people are running down the stairs trying to escape. Mm-hmm. Did you see the big like boulder hit the guy on the top of the head? No boulder. Well, no. Like, it's a big piece of the roof. The ceiling falls on this older guy. <laughs> really, I never saw that. Oh my god! <laughs> and it looks like it fucking hurts. I are you mean, sure? I'm positive. The guy's an older <laughs> actor, or whatever, and I was like, "Ooh, that had to hurt." Unless it's like styrofoam. So it's, it's like a big piece of styrofoam that like hits an extra in the head or something, right on top of his noggin. Yes, no, I never noticed that. Okay. <laughs> I'll show I'll you have to look. Next time when I do it, when I watch it, and I count all the Christmas stuff, I'll look for that guy. It, he, it hits him right on the head, like right on the head. <laughs> but all right, buddy, you're you're next. Hey. Luke's number one moment of Die Hard. Twinkies. <laughs> Twinkies. Is, is the gas price, 78 cents. Yeah, they are, and that, always notice that. <laughs> and that was probably expensive. For California. Yeah, it was LA. It was a Cal- yeah. yeah, you're right. When, probably- when, we were, when we were out there last last year, I paid $7 for uh, for gas. Oh, God. $7 It's probably like 40-some cents gone, in the East Coast. It's gone up 100% since 1988. 1,000%. 1,000%, yeah. <laughs> when I, I remember when we first started driving, I remember gas was 99 cents. Yeah. And this was in like, uh, I don't know, 1989. Like t- so, 10 bucks filled your tank back in the day. 10 bucks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Every time that comes on in any '80s movie, you're like, "Oh, how much was gas? Yeah. Holy shit!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's that's kind of when you see movies now, you can sort of tell what when it was filmed by looking at the gas prices if there's a gas station. <laughs> oh, two sixty eight a gallon. That's pretty cheap. I just that's true. I just saw a, a meme or something today of all the shit that Home Alone uh, Kevin McAllister bought. I saw the same thing. Did you see that? <laughs> how much it was, man? Awesome. It cost him like seventeen dollars and some. It's under twenty dollars yeah. for him to buy the same stuff today. It would be seventy some dollars. <laughs> I saw that today. I'm like, oh my god! I saw that too. All right, and he drops it in the street anyway. A little bastard, little bastard. Go ahead, buddy. My number one. Yes, is when McLean says, "Yippee Ah, uh, Mr. Falcon. Yes, Mr. <laughs> Falcon. <laughs> That, that's not even on my list. And uh, How come? I, I'm a mention guaranteed, but it, there's so many to choose from. I, I couldn't. I was, it was hard. But yeah, that's that's a fantastic line. I got nothing else to say about that. <laughs> you got nothing else to say about that. No. It's, it's, so, it's just it's classic. And then you want him to say in every movie afterwards, except the part four is PG-13. Fuck off, you know? What did he do in that? He still he still said it. Yeah, and that was the well, one. That was the one F word they used. Yeah, but he, he said it when. Uh, How come it wasn't rated R? When Oliphant had the gun to his chest, and then Bruce grabs it, and he goes "Yibikaye, mother," and he shoots himself. So the word "fuckers" uh. not heard, I guess. Uh. I know. How come it wasn't rated R? I don't know. That's what they do. They want to sell more tickets. Just wait to That's an interesting story too. The, the argument about that line because Roy Rogers did, I think, say something like "Yippee ki yay, Buzz," you know, Bronco or something. Yeah. And, you know, like gives a shit about Roy Rogers. I mean, I got I got food poisoning on a Roy Rogers once. Yeah. Uh, so Tim loves Roy Rogers. <laughs> I do love Roy Rogers. <laughs> well, the fixins bar really fixed me, <laughs> and 
uh, John McTiernan wanted him to say yippee tie tie yippee tie like like these old cowboy guys would say, and like that's what he thought they were saying. And Bruce Willis had to put his foot down and go, "No, it's Yippee Kaye. You don't know what you're talking about." And he let him say it. Thank God, Bruce said that. You big dummy. You big dummy. Motherfucker. <laughs> Mod- motherfucker. That's great when Han says that. Luke. Motherfucker. That's the best number one. Excellent. Job. Me, me have the. A- who was that upstairs? <laughs> What's that? All right, uh, Tim, you're number one. Are there terrorists in your house? I don't know, yeah. but I just heard her Caitlin scream something up there. Me, me and you both had yeah. had the same. Of what? On our list. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. So let me get this straight. We're talking about a movie where terrorists invade a building. Your daughter is upstairs and just screamed. Yes. And you're not gonna like check it out? Not yet. <laughs> I'm just messing. If we hear gunshots, yeah. If I hear gun, mom's up there anyway, so mom, mom can handle it. Oh, that reminds me. Before Tim, sorry, Tim. Should I tell that story that I read? I feel like I'm just being like I'm not being a diehard know it all. I've been reading a lot no, about it. This is your movie. Should I? Should I tell that? It's not my movie. I just feel like there's so many great little things about this. And if you're a diehard fan and you haven't heard them, you would want to know. If you've heard them already, don't be like, we know, Dave, don't be a douchebag. I know I'm a douchebag. You don't need to tell me. <laughs> so the the story that I told Chris that I read, and this never made sense to me either. This is something else that makes it just a little bit less perfect, is after Takagi gets shot, um, John says something like, come on, Argyle, tell me you heard those shots and call the cops. Argyle is in the basement, 30 floors down of this building. How would Argyle hear a shot on the 30th floor? And I always just thought that was him just yeah. wish, wishful thinking. Doesn't, like what? Doesn't that come up twice? Well, there's a reason for it. And I only knew, I only found this out, like, you know, like you know, people are always like, I was this many years old when I found this. Um, I was 50 years old when I found this out about Die Hard that there was a whole subplot of Argyle coming into the building to to help John uh, and that Argyle at one point was nearby. So when John is saying, come on, Argyle, tell me you heard those shots. He really does think that Argyle is close enough to have heard those shots and called the police. That is but that's that's. I want to see this director's uncut everything right. footage of this movie. They cut that whole part out of Argyle coming into the building because he is taking a freaking long time, and Argyle probably wants to go home. <laughs> he wants to go home with his, so, with his big teddy bear. Right. So he does come in the building to find out what's going on, apparently, and they cut it out for time, or it just wasn't working. So when he does say that, it does make sense. But when you watch it now, you're like, there's no way we would have heard that. Right. Speaking speaking of Argyle, he's down there. You know, uh, uh, he's on the phone. He's 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 entertaining himself a little bit, but he must really love that Stevie Wonder single because you keep hearing <laughs> that whatever song that is over, and he won't flip over to side B. He just keeps playing that same Stevie Wonder song. He over does over and over again. It's uh, Skeletons <laughs> by Stevie Wonder, and it it is playing for. I don't know how many hours are they in there. At least, we'll say at least three hours. 
Yeah, three hour song. <laughs> it's the extended cut of skeletons. Yeah, you wonder. It's 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 not the twelve inch mix. It's the one hundred twenty inch mix. <laughs> All right. So my number one is uh, simple. It's without this guy, this movie would never have worked as well. Uh, and this it's it's not Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Yeah, it, it, this, the, this the sum of its parts, I guess, is greater than uh, whatever. But uh, Alan Rickman, yeah, yep. uh, he was perfect in this movie. He was so good. He was funny. He was dry. He knew when to ham it up a little bit. He knew when to pull it back. He was. I mean, he's like that in, in almost everything he's done. He's he's just such a such a fantastic actor. Uh, and this this role was his star making role. But it's the role that when someone says Alan Rickman, if they're over thirty five, they say Die Hard. If they're under thirty five, they say Snape. Yeah, uh, yeah. But he's yeah. Uh, he's he's just he's just awesome in this in this movie. Fantastic. He's considered like, that's a good. Uh, besides Vader, sometimes like the greatest villain in yeah. movie history, it's Hans is like as way up there. right up there. Yeah, that'd be and, and he's a villain. Al Pacino and the Devil's Advocate, <laughs> but t- t- Tim's favorite. He's a villain that you don't hate either. No, like, yeah. you're right. It's kind of like you. Know, I mean, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I, I'm not comparing that to Die Hard. It's a great movie, but it's not in this league. But it's the same thing when you when people are like, "What's the best part of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves?" It's um, you know, carving his heart out with a spoon. You know, like yeah. it's 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 Alan Rickman, and. I, I, he's not like every other villain. Like if he played it heavy-handed, you would get tired of it, and it would be stupid. It would make the movie stupider. But because his character is so deep, like Tim's saying, it makes it better. And I think it starts right away when they're in the elevator, and he's just kind of this. It's quiet, and he's with Takagi, and he's like talking about nice suit, nice suit, yeah. Brooks yeah. Brothers, I hear. Uh, who does it? Arafat buys them? I have two myself. <laughs> you know. He's just making small talk with a guy. He's about to murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's and the way that he does it, he like sort of stares at, and he's got that kind of like look on his face for like about four or five seconds before he says anything. Ah, <laughs> it's great. That's Tim's he's, he's di- impression. <laughs> he's a different villain. Yeah, that's why he's so great. It's so he's so great in this. That's why I like movies like the other movies that ripped this off when the villain was just this loud kind of like super intense alpha male you just you get tired of it it's like dennis just, hopper and, and speed and water world kind of <laughs> it's not as fun to watch as a guy that's a master yeah like rickman yeah then that's an excellent number one agreed. <laughs> agreed dave we're down to you number one for die hard okay this is already kind of part of what you've said and and has been mentioned a couple times. I've done a lot of movie podcasts over the years where we used to do the Grady's and stuff like this. I think that Die Hard contains the greatest action sequence in the history of film. I'm going to call this one the sequence. And what I'm talking about is from the start of the fight with Carl to the untying of the hose after he crashes back through the window. How long is that scene, do you think? Is it about eight minutes, ten minutes? I was, I was going to say 12, but yeah, it, it's long. <laughs> I think it's one of the... It was If it's 12, it's 12 of the greatest 
moments ever put on film because it has the action it has the aggression of that fight you guys were making fun of it when i'm gonna cook you yeah. i'm gonna eat you <laughs> yeah. you know yeah that, 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 that makes it more real it does but who says that when they're fighting somebody <laughs> <laughs> that fight between the two of them is fantastic so it's the aggression of that and then when he gets to the roof the dep desperation of him on the roof because he isn't even he's not thinking about himself he's thinking about his wife yeah uh, the desperation of him on the roof when he's talking to the woman that's pregnant that is pretty close. I may, may even be Holly's secretary. And she's like, they took him to the vault. Where is the vault? Yeah. Like he 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 is so desperate. You feel it. And the moment before he jumps off the roof, he prays. He he in that moment is it's short, but he is praying to God for his life. Please don't let me die. Like, when does Arnold Schwarzenegger or Steven Seagal or Jean-Claude Van Damme say that? They don't. It's, so it's that sequence with all of the humanity, but with the action coupled with the effects. Like Tim was talking about, it's the perfect 12 minutes of film. That's my number one. It is It is fantastic. It is. I mean, besides that, I'm going to cook you and I'm going to eat you. It's, that's a, <laughs> that part's just funny. But yeah, he just... He, it it kind of looks like, like he's doing whatever he can do to to kill Carl. Like he's he's punching. Like, like there's no there's no like you know how I don't know Rocky. Some people that when they punch it looks like they they're winding up. He's just like going in there like a little going kid. For it. Yeah, like uh, 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 he's just punching in the same spot. It's it's so good. I don't know how Carl got down from that chain, but <laughs> that, yeah, that's yeah. He was hanging because when the people were coming out, he was still hanging there. He was, he'd been hanging there for several but minutes. But if you see his hand is his on the chain, on chain, so it's not really on his yeah. throat. He's holding on with his hand. So how he got down, I don't know. But it is fantastic, though. Right. I, I I can't say enough great things about this movie yeah it's i'm right there with you dave this is like it's you know it's one of the best it's one of the greatest movies ever like i could watch it like every day if it's on tv i fucking turn it on i don't care what part it's at it's just it's 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 so great if you had to give up one movie what would you give up die hard or these weapon I have to give up one movie yeah i hate you <laughs> I, I'm not answering thinking? that. I can't answer you that. You got answer it. You got to answer it. If I had to give up one movie, never watch it again. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck! I can't answer this question. Leave the weapon. No, it was. I love Mel. I love Mel more. So perhaps I have to, have to give up that. Yeah. I hate to say that though. On a diehard podcast. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Dave? And a, a small shout, please. A small oh, shout out to Michael Michael Kamen too for like the music and and not only that music but just whomever arranged like the idea that the villains kind of theme through this whole movie is Beethoven's Ode to Joy, yeah. and it comes in. It, it's used mm -hmm. in the score. It's used for real when the vault opens and then we said, I mean, Chris, Chris and I are the same and Tim does the same thing. I sit through the credits. I mean, the movie's not over till the credits are over. Yeah, right, exactly. Me. Um, and they blast 
the actual full choir ode to joy over the credits uh it, it, the music in this is another you know tiny triumph oh and tim yes. just in case you're wondering we know who the negative cutter you is. know what i was actually just looking that up it's <laughs> either i'm, I'm going to say it's gary burrett yeah is that your final answer I'm gonna. My final answer is Gary Burrett. Although you know, it could be one of the other two, Mo Henry or Teresa Robel Muhammad. The answer is Gary Burrett. Gary Burrett. Wasn't that like the last thing that popped up too? Like it was. It's yeah. It's credits. usually yeah, near the end. Yeah. Right near the end. Yeah. What's the We say. <laughs> I mean, when it was film, it just sounds like what it is. Like it would. They would. I guess cut the. Did, does Luke? Has Luke ever seen like when we get film developed and they'd send you the negatives? I don't think so. Nah. No. Nah. All right. This is probably for this is this is sad for somebody that's really young. They won't even know what we're talking about. No. Yeah. yeah. What I, I remember what I, getting the negatives. Like we would get the negatives with the photos, and I remember asking my mother, like, "Why do we keep these?" And like, "Well, we might need to make copies of these one day." When did anyone ever make copies of a picture they took with the negatives? Never. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like the negative. What the negative cutter was for those is uh, once the movie has been edited, they would take a copy of the. They would take the 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 negatives. I'm I'm a sh- I'm sure that they probably were able to create more than one negative. Uh, but this they would they would create a negative and then the negative cutter would go in and edit the movie exactly how the editor had said it so the editor would say we need from real eight we need frames you know 208 through 705 in this scene and that's that's what they would they would literally cut it cut paste and then print See, i was right all along <laughs> and that's what that's the negative what... cutter was so the the final the final prints of the movie were made from the negatives that the negative cutter assembled after the editor decided on what it was going to be did you get that <laughs> tim Ga- yeah, gary burr would be so proud of you <laughs> i wonder if he's still alive him and mo henry because those guys it's been like 25 years Forever. since they've really worked yeah you know, i wonder i wonder if they're still yeah. alive negative cutters no not longer no longer necessary yeah nope I'm gonna look up Gary Burr and, and see what his last. All your Marvel credits. shit and, and your Vin Diesel shit. No, no more negative cutters needed. How come? So it's all digital. Digital. That's it. Gary Burrett. Well, the the last, the last movies that he worked on were Ice Age, Collision Course, and Alvin and the Chipmunks Road Trip, and those are going back to 2015 and 16. Oh, that's not that, that long ago. Surprised it was even then. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if uh, if he's still alive. I mean, it's that's that's still what seven years ago. Let's try Mo Henry. Mo Henry. <laughs> Tim. Tim cares about negative cutters. Tim's little side quest. I guess recognize. I guess Dave and I, never, well, we did thank Tim in the past, but because of Tim, we have, which Dave, you better be, be using this, we have a Nakatomi Plaza, Hans Gruber falling out of the building, Christmas countdown. Mm-hmm. 
I definitely use it. Yeah. I put it right by the TV. Yeah. <laughs> so I moved mine down today. Yeah. Got one I, spot. I, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I said that. And then everybody, every year since I sent that, I, I don't know if I sent that last year or the year before, some people sent Chris the thing. Hey, They're always tagging have you seen me. This? And I say, and Tim already got me this. Everybody says, look at this, Chris. I said, I have this. They're, but they're sending you the ones that's, that's painted, the color ones. Which and I'm like, cool. I didn't know there was a color one. <laughs> yeah, Tim, you got the me one. the wrong one. You can probably yeah. color it's yourself. A, it's a lovely gift, It's a great Tim. gift. I love it. Enjoy. Yeah, I thought, I thought it looked pretty cool. Well, it's it, it's the kind. Those are the kind of things you can't just, or or you generally can't walk into a store and just find on the shelf. You have to like seek it out. Right. Anyone have any honorable mentions they want to bring up? I have some. Go ahead. What do you got today? Today, Junior. I have now. I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho! ho, ho. I, I said that. Okay. I have happy trails, Hans. Happy trails, Hans. I have. I eat one of your pizza. Yeah, no fucking shit, lady. It's like more than a pizza. <laughs> Shoot the glass. Shoot the glass. Opening the vault. I'm always wondering. I want to put it on uh, closed caption sometimes when the when they um when they're talking nine nine and they're talking. What are they saying? You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a there's a lot of people that like say like they're not speaking real German. Nah, okay, like okay. the one guy. The one guy is um. Uh, Migo Ghostbusters too. Was that his name from Ghostbusters two? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that his name? Vigo, I think. Yeah. Vigo. Yeah, from the Bobby Brown song. Find out about Vigo, the master. No, of Vigo. I thought I thought Vigo was uh, uh, hence, uh, not not oh, shoot. Klaus uh, Kinski, the the art curator. Oh no, the guy in the painting. Yeah, the the guy who the, the, guy painting. In the painting was Klaus Kinski. The guy, the hello everybody. No, no, no. I yeah. thought I thought he was the guy from Malik McBeal. He is the guy. He is. We're talking about the guy in the painting. He's the one. He's the terrorist that shoots the uh, uh, rocket launcher thing down on the um, RV. I I always thought that was Klaus Kinski as in the painting. I don't know who Klaus Kinski is, but the guy in the painting is the guy in Die Hard. <laughs> I don't know and, about that. I don't know about and, that. All right, Google it. Google it, bitch. And and I've read that that guy is pretty freaking nuts in his own right. Like he was like kind of a handful on the set. Well, I have Yibikaye, motherfucker. Obviously, I have um, the Chronicle events. Obviously, um, I have I have Sergeant Al Pal's redemption, kind of. Hmm. Yeah. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I always I always like that that he he, he you know. He he yeah. he left family matters and he and he saved the day. <laughs> <laughs> I shot a kid. Oh, v- uh, okay, ah, there ah. Is. Oh. see Tim. Yeah, you're right. You're right. How dare you? Dun 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 dun. Dead. <laughs> what family matters? Like a sitcom? Yeah, it was at, at TGIF on Friday nights. What did I do there? Tim, do you have any honorable mentions? No, no. Okay. <laughs> David, do you have anything you want to say? I mean, I I could do the same thing and just talk about. It. I I'm gonna limit myself to those five because, I, I mean, I mentioned Michael Kamen. I'll say I'll say the music. There's too much to, to yeah. go into as far as 
um, honorable mentions. The the amount of detail that went into this is crazy. The the fact that when he goes into the vents, he's wearing a white shirt, and the next time you see him after he comes out of the vent, his shirt is dirty brown. Yeah. They went through, I think, 36 different shirts to try to match various stages of degradation of his shirt. That's great. I I noticed that earlier where his shirt was almost like black and then in like a couple of scenes later it was considerably lighter. But it was almost like it was almost like he was wearing like a dark doo-doo brown shirt. <laughs> doo-doo brown. <laughs> Although doo-doo brown. <laughs> Luke and I always have a complaint, even though it's the greatest movie of all time. If you're sweaty and bloody, duct tape is not sticking to your back. <laughs> but but they say duct tape is the strongest tape. <sighs> it's not going to stick to like a to a wet body. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're all oily and nasty, yeah. it's not going to stick to your back. And how can you can you reach the back of your back in that spot? <laughs> I was I was actually literally just trying that and. <laughs> You can't do it without going. I'm grabbing a gun. He needed help. He needed someone to tape that on his back. Yeah, that that cannot be done by yourself. Excuse me, Mister German Man. Can you grab the gun on my back? <laughs> oh yes, I do. But you to shoot me in the face with his whistle. But but still cool. It's still fucking awesome. Yes, you are going to cook him and eat me. What is this as you say? <laughs> I will not give you the gun. You're going to eat my body. Well, I want to, Luke, thank you for this idea. Well, excellent <laughs> idea. What What movie do you think is the best Die Hard knockoff? Oh, that's a fucking good question. <laughs> the, Schindler's Speed. List. The best Die Hard knockoff. <laughs> I, Dave could be right. Speed, like... Speed, like all, of, like what is it? undersea speed? What else is out there? Passion Passenger fifty seven. Yeah, the net. <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic. The Notebook. <laughs> the Notebook. Yeah. Roger Rabbit. Beverly Hill. Beverly Hill. Billy's movie. <laughs> well, oh, Luke, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Since you just uh-huh. watched the entirety of Friends, he did. Who whose favorite movie is Die Hard on Friends? I think I know this, and I haven't seen it in some time. It's one of the two. Oh, it's it's Joey. It's Joey, because they're the guys are all going to have like a movie night, and they just get finished watching Die Hard. Like as soon as the camera comes on, it's like, yeah, Die Hard, what a great movie! You could watch that all the time, and they're like, okay. We're ready for Die Hard 2, and they go to get the next video, and it's another copy of Die Hard, because <laughs> Joey has just gotten two copies of Die Hard. And they're like, what are you supposed to do? What would you do? You were supposed to get Die Hard 2. He's like, I know, but if we watch this one again, it's Die Hard 2. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like, Die that. Hard! <laughs> I always love that little video store that they would go to in, in Friends. It was just like a little, like, it was like literally the size of a closet. <laughs> and they were always like put some like Warner Brothers like newer release somewhere up, up on the rack to uh, advertise whatever it was. Yeah. Lots of diehard stuff and references and other pop culture things. Oh yeah. Remember that that Joel McHale show um Community? Yeah. There was like a, a diehard paintball episode in, in Brooklyn 99. Brooklyn 99 we got rest in peace Andre. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. 
there's a later episode of the office where the one guy um is reciting he he can recite the entire script of die hard he's one of the newer characters and don't forget die hard with butter flavoring oh yes the, yeah. The first Neo Zez movie? That's a good question. Ish. I guess. Is that the first movie? If I was in with Matt. Matt maybe oh, was that the, the thing you did in the theater? Yeah. Matt might have did something before that, but I'm not sure. But yeah, it was one of the early ones. It was German most, terror. Go ahead, Jim. Most gratuitous nut shot. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was no nuts German ter- German terrorists take over a small movie theater in Quakertown, Pennsylvania, and the only one to stop them is Usher Boy. I think so. Yeah, Usher was, Boy. Was that your name? <laughs> I think it was. And it's Chris in um, not a tank top, but just a vest, the AMC vest. of uh, the movie theater and bow tie. And apparently, at one point, he's sitting down, and you can see his nuts. That's the rumor. Yeah. You with your 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 umbros like whoop, yeah whoop. I I had torn umbros. Where's that video at? I don't know. Matt, we gotta we gotta. Matt has to. Matt should release that. Matt is the lead terrorist. Yes. And Tim is one of his henchmen, and I believe Tim gets killed, right? <laughs> by yeah. by pretzel bites. Tim. Um, I. I forget. Yeah, I think so. I I think I think I turn a corner and you hit me with a bag, <laughs> full bag of pretzel bites. <laughs> Tim does his own stunts. He got a stunt bump for that one. Yep. Who, who's Dave? I wasn't in Dave, it. Dave was no. in it. No. Who he said I, I gonna be here. See you. No, I, I think it was kind of like before I was hanging out or something. I don't know. Yeah, it was. I've F- seen. Yeah, I've seen that? it. Yeah. I, it's it's fun to watch. It is fun to watch. So Chris, I, you're your own uh, John McClane. Yeah, I am. Jimmy McLean. <laughs> the, 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 actually, the, the best part of that movie is on the phone. <laughs> no, well, there's that, but there's the scene where you're you're doing the 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 jump. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you jump down, and it's like just drops like four it's inches. An inch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then is that the one where I had the phone in my the payphone in my hand, and I'm hitting the payphone, and I hit my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't listen to him. Yeah, I was banging it. And I fucking nailed my head full force. <laughs> <sighs> good times, Matt. Uh, let's ask Matt. We got to get Matt to. That, to that's why that hard's good because he's just an or- ordinary guy. Ordinary guy. That's it's not Arnold, Stallone, Van Damme, Vin Diesel, The Rock. It's an ordinary dude. It, it could be you, buddy. It could be me. Yep. <laughs> I had to say. It. I had to say. It. <laughs> you could, but it's probably Luke. It could have been you. <laughs> Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Tim, Dave, Luke, for doing this. This was this was fucking awesome. Thank you. Do, do you want to do a least weapon one? No, not right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not right now, Tim. Not right now. Maybe. All right. This is going to be. This is hopefully going to be out on Christmas Eve. So, everyone out there, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. <laughs> We'll be getting machine gun. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy. Um, what's the what's Chinese the, New Year? Seinfeld one. What? Festivus. Yes. Yeah. Festivus. Happy. Parents of grievances. Happy everything, guys. And Merry Christmas to one and all, and to all a good night. Ba na ba ba na ba.